Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Top of the List. And here, this week, we are bringing you two Netflix original films. I guess you could, I don't know if they're original films, but they're definitely Netflix films. Uh, first of which we're going to be talking about here in this episode, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And um, this is a stop motion film that RB and I are, are here to talk about. So, of course, say what's up, RB, and uh, let's introduce this film. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Top of the List. Yep. So what what, is, what do we have to say about this film before we talk about, like, the ending and the spoilers and stuff like right, that? Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with how this film came out. Again, we talked about it in the Illusions. Talk about what episode. previously happened this year that exactly, we... Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, how disappointed we were with <laughs> Walt Disney, Robert, exactly. Robert Zemeckis's uh, Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks. Uh, I think we were both very disappointed with how that came out. Uh, we really wanted what could be a different take on Pinocchio, uh, as we've seen with some of the more original Disney live action films, and it did not deliver. It was more, as we put it in our review of that, more Lion King than Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, where it took no creative liberties of its own. It was almost a shot for shot remake, yeah. up to and including the design of Pinocchio with what we thought with CG would be incredible, but instead it literally looked like the exact same Pinocchio just Absolutely. superimposed into th three dimensions. Yeah. Uh, this rather gave us what we were looking for. I think yes. a completely new take and a more traditional look rather than the Disneyfication of the original Italian storybook story, Pinocchio. Yeah. And you and I were just talking about how much we love stop motion. We're yes. talking about, Christmas specials that we grew up watching, Santa Claus is coming to town, Rudolph, stuff like that. Um, we love stop motion animation. Um, you know, Isle of Dogs, we've talked about that. That's another mm -hmm. stop motion one we've discussed in the past. Um, this was just such an impressive showcase of art to me. And that's what I kind of want to highlight here when I give out my score. Because, um, well, I think that this movie is awesome in a lot of ways. I think that what this one loses a little bit in like that Disney magic that the original cartoon one had, it makes up for an originality. Um, but the reason why I'm not giving this like a perfect score for being the most 10, like 10 out of 10 most unique movie is because um, I think that when it comes down to it, I would still take the original Disney musical cartoon version over this one which i know could be controversial but that's why i'm giving this a nine out of ten and not a ten out of ten okay okay i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten okay uh i enjoyed this film a lot i think i enjoyed it more than the original animated pinocchio oh. quite frankly i'm not that big of a fan of pinocchio it's pretty low on my list of disney animated films and i'm a huge disney fan we both are as we've talked about multiple oh, yeah. times on this show and oh, pinocchio yeah. just never really did it for me um i, I think in an era where Disney was known for their more so more so their princess films, they tried to venture into something else when they weren't necessarily quite ready. And so I like this one more than that. I would give it an eight out of 10. I did have some flaws with it, but I think my favorite part of this film and why I give it a high enough score is I love that they put it to a historical background. Uh, I think that's something that Disney has constantly struggled with, um, with the exception of you look at a film like Mulan that takes place during a, a certain historical time period, Pocahontas, which takes place well, during a historical time that's period. That's kind of what I was referring to. What yeah. you're discussing here is the reason yeah. why I like the Disney one more is because, like, I'm I'm a sucker for that Disney magic. Okay, Disney's Pinocchio, 
was more of a fantasy whereas this one is still has that fantastical element but it's grounded in reality which you're, yeah, you're and absolutely I, right. I, and I love that that yeah. that was my favorite part about that I mean we've we've argued back and forth about this countless times on top yeah. of the list on you know if something is is fiction make it completely fictional and completely or you know let's make something with a historical backdrop and that's what I absolutely loved about this film was the whole backdrop of you know, World War One, of course, when I mean, spoilers, I guess, World War One, where Geppetto loses Carlo, his son, and then into, in the first five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Into fascism and, and World War Two. Uh, and of, of course, Mussolini, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a really excellent way to do it. The children being sent off to the war camps to train to be soldiers to die for their country. I, I really love that. Now, there was one sequence. Why well, I can't give this a higher score than 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. My absolute favorite sequence from Pinocchio that I think was handled very poorly in the Zemeckis version that yeah. I would have loved to have seen in this one was the idea and the depiction of Pleasure Island. Um, it was I think replaced with the military camp. With the military camp, yeah. which I liked. But it got me to thinking, you know, was that what Pleasure Island was supposed to be? I've always wanted to know more about that sequence and yeah. what they were referring to the boys going obviously it's a little on the nose making asses of themselves becoming donkeys but then you know what that actually was depicting and referring and if in the original stories that was them being sent off to train for war and then being sent off to soldiers i love that analogy but i i just you know i was curious to see how they would depict that um and i was a little disappointed that they didn't do it in this but again i loved all the sequences at the war camp i thought that was definitely the standout moment of this film yeah absolutely so I think we're kind of at a jumping off point here. Let's mm-hmm. let's go like we always do. Let's go from the top to the bottom of the list with um, our main characters. Um, yep. Namely, I think the biggest comparison we can make to the Zemeckis film earlier this year is the drastic difference in how much you can care about Geppetto's character. Yes. I think that the detail that they go into of how he loses his son, the tragedy of his son's loss is felt way more in this movie than probably either of the Pinocchio Disney films without a doubt. And, and how about the, the sequence, the creation of Pinocchio, almost a, a Frankenstein esque scene where he's hacking the wood and bringing him together as he's drunk and in sort and of a drunken rampage. It's almost disturbing watching him construct yep. Pinocchio yep. in this. Mm-hmm. And that's something Absolutely. that's Guillermo del Toro for you right there, man. Yes, he's a horror, so. horror director through and through. That's how he started out. So he will have that element in his films. And that's what I loved about this film. It's what I loved about um, all of his other previous films as well. Yes. What's yeah, the one that was the the one where, where they're in the water? The, the fish guy. Oh, uh, was that Shape of Water? Shape of Water. Yeah, man, Shape of I love Water. That one. Yeah. I love yeah. that one. He's, uh, he's definitely a master of the dark, of the obscure... Um, almost, I mean, certain aspects of this film reminded me almost of, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? The studio, studio Ghibli. Oh, Miyazaki. Uh, Miyazaki. Yeah. Everything yeah. with like the wood sprites and the forest. I mean, that, that gave me almost vibes of that, but a much darker take on it. I, I thought, I thought the whole backdrop of this film and how it was told, um, not over the top with the magic, you know, um, but I, I really on the point it. of magic there. I wanted to bring up one of my favorite magic yeah. points in this yeah. movie. And that is, as far as I know, I haven't read the original Pinocchio story, but as far mm-hmm. as I know, this whole idea of him being immortal and like going to the underworld. I thought that was excellent. Yeah. It was completely unique. And it was like probably my favorite part in the entire movie. Whenever he visited that underworld, it was so visually different than the rest of the film. It was very distinct. Well, and yeah. 
I, I think what's what's even more incredible about that is it adds more depth to Pinocchio's character, yes. not wanting to be a real boy simply because his father says, oh, you're going to be like a real boy, but explaining immortality isn't a great thing. You're going, great thing. You're going to have to watch all of your loved ones die and, you know, and you're just going to have to move on. I, I thought that gave more depth to Pinocchio's character. Yeah, absolutely. And and how'd you feel about the the voice performance of Pinocchio? Because for me, I have a few nitpicks for me. His his voice acting got a little annoying here and there, but it was in an endearing way. By the end of the film, I was really invested in his character, like you had just mentioned. Yeah, Gregory Mann uh, playing yeah. Pinocchio, and I think I think in a in a debut role. I I don't see anything else major from him on IMDb. Okay. Um, I thought I thought he did a, a good job. I think that's kind of the point. I mean, yeah. even I mean, at, at some point or another, almost every character in this film is annoyed by Pinocchio. Right. So I, I, I mean, I think I, he did a good job in that role and encapsulating the role. I, I think the best sequences, though, when we see as a voice actor for Gregory Mann, is his sequences in Volpe's circus and the performances he gives yeah. in in that song for Italy for Mussolini and. How'd you feel I, I, about everything that went on in the circus? I thought it was drastically better. I, I thought improved. it was really cool. Oh, yeah. very much so. I think that was the weakest point of yeah. the Zemeckis film. And yeah. I, I loved it. I loved everything with that. I loved everything with Volpe and his monkey, whose name I'm not remembering. Um, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, Spaz Spazatura. Spazatura, yeah. And everything with that character development, I thought was was great and Again, more yeah, more depictions of of you know histor history and Italy's suffering economy following yeah. a, a loss in World War One, and you know no one can pay to come see the circus anymore, and how the circus evolves into you know entertainment for the wealthy. I I thought it was very neat to see. Absolutely, I I fully agree with you there. Yeah, so um, I think, yeah, so it's definitely the circus. They improved that aspect of the film. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, RB, because I have an opinion. I think, I don't know if you're going to differ with me on this. I, the one reason I did like the Disney one original better was I liked the songs a lot better in that one. And this one, I didn't like the songs as much, but still I mean, enjoyable. They were, they were original songs. I love yeah. the opening number. Okay. I think that is that is a powerful, powerful sequence. I mean, everyone in the audience knowing that there was an eventual demise of Carlo, but the the sequence the of the song, you know, Papa, can you sing me Mama's song again? And that that whole sequence, I loved. Yeah. Um. There, there's definitely not nearly as much music in this film, but right. I think I do like all of the numbers that are featured. There's just not as much utilization of song in this one as there is in the original Disney. And of course the remake, which was a shot for shot. It's know? just that, the the, you know, I got no strings to tie me. Of now, course. Yes. Such an iconic song. It yeah. feels a little bit missing in this kind of story, but it's so unique that it separates itself enough. Yeah. So. I mean, that. obviously, you know, that many would argue it is the first major Disney musical. There's not really a major song if i can think back to snow white of course the original disney feature film um i, I mean i guess there's hi ho but you know mm. that the, yeah. the, i mean what's the opening song to every disney film now it's when you wish upon a star yeah. when you know so that obviously it was the first major musical i would right. argue for disney films there were only a couple two or three songs in uh in snow white uh so i i would put it there that this was definitely, I love that they chose to go original. I mean, No Strings is a song that they could have utilized, even if not using any other song. And I love they went a fully original new take yeah. on it. So 
I, I can't complain respect. about the music. Yeah, I uh, I really like that. Yeah, major respect in that aspect. Is I, I fully agree. Now, there's one character we haven't talked about. Yeah. Also very, very iconic. And I think we have another iconic performance in Del Toro's movie as well. Ewan McGregor as yes. Jiminy Cricket. Absolutely. Uh, Sebastian J. Cricket in this yes. film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, really, really liked the the backstory and the uh, another character that in the original film we just oh he's a drifter who becomes you know the conscience but you know he wants to write the great novel and yeah. I, I love his role as the narrator in this film and uh, you know I love sort of you know he's in there a lot of the times for comic relief and I like how they you know when he's at whenever he's crushed you know, life is yeah. so painful you know <laughs> I, I I I liked I liked him far better than than our Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio. Yeah, I, I thought he was fantastic. They perfect casting choice for yes, the absolutely. voice. And one of the best things that really got to me on an emotional level was his connection to po Pinocchio in this film. Like, yes, there's a good connection with Pinocchio in the original Disney movies. But in this one, the metaphor that they draw is that he was living inside this piece of wood that Pinocchio was carved from. And when the uh, good fairy comes and brings Pinocchio to life, Jiminy Cricket is inside his heart, which mm -hmm. I was like, okay, wow, that's a beautiful little metaphor yep. that they added there. And I thought that really added something great to that relationship. Very much. I, everything with the embodiment of Pinocchio being more meaningful than Geppetto is just a toy maker who builds a wooden boy, that it's the same pine tree that he and his son planted together, right. or uh, that, that he, I'm sorry, that he planted when his son has the pine cone the day that he dies in the church bombing that you're right, the heart as well, you know, it's eventually where, you know, as we find out in the end, spoilers, you know, Jimmy Cricket dies, but that's where Pinocchio keeps him still in his chest cavity with his heart. I, I thought, yeah, it was, yeah. again, this film was so much more meaningful than yes. anything we've seen before. And of course the original is going to play on the nostalgia and what it was in 1940. It was incredible. But, you know, compared to the remake this year that came out earlier this year, I think this one just is so much more special. Yeah, absolutely. Way more special. And that's why I think I got to give it a nine. I think it's one of the must-see animated films. Now, there's some other animated films that I don't think I'm going to get a chance to see that I've been hearing a lot about. I wanted mm. to bring it up here at the end. Um, the new Puss in Boots movie, The Last Wish. <laughs> I'm I'm amazed by this. This film looks like it's going to do a killing at the box office, yeah. at the awards. People are loving it. Now, I have not I love the Shrek franchise, but mm. I have not seen a Shrek movie since the third. I have Me only too. seen the first three, and they're my favorite, but as Me I too. grew up, I never saw it. I think there were two more Shrek movies, and now there are two Puss in Boots films. Right. Um, yeah. But it I've is seriously making reconsider going back and rewatching all of them yeah. because how well this film is being received. Well, Shrek 1 and 2 were like two of the best comedy movies ever, I thought, when they came okay. out. Like okay. two of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Okay. So, And then Shrek yeah, 3 Shrek, was also very good. Shrek 2 I was, was my absolute favorite. I have it Me on too. DVD. I've watched it again and again and again. I played it's the bonus awesome. feature, Far, Far Away Idol, where Simon Cowell shows up and you get oh to pick the winner. It's so uh, hilarious. Yes, it is awesome. Uh, which, is, of course, was the yeah. film that Puss in Boots was introduced. Yeah. So um, apologies for the short tangent, but yes, yeah. well, maybe in the new year, we'll get around to watching Push in Boots and we'll put out a retrospective review. Yeah. So um, 
keep an eye out for that in the 2023 year on top of the list. But as far as this, and um, so I think it's Pinocchio, Sea Beast, Buzz Lightyear. I can't remember if there's any other big animated films that yeah, let me, we reviewed. I, I've got a I've got a list here of different things we reviewed. Let's see if we've missed any. Let's see. No, I think I think you hit most of them. Then yeah. I think that's all of them that that come to mind. Um. Oh, one that uh, I I recently watched. I don't know if you're going to get a chance to watch. It was interesting. I'm not going to say it was one of the best films I've ever seen, but um, Strange World came out this year as well. Oh, uh, it's on it. Disney Plus. Came out on Disney Plus uh, on Christmas weekend. Oh, uh, I haven't so, seen it yet. Yeah, I I took a chance to watch that Christmas evening. Um, and what's yeah, your I take mean, on it, that? It's worth a watch for sure. I okay. I. In case we review it, I don't want to give away too much about okay. my thoughts on it, but I would definitely say give it a watch. Yeah. Worth a watch. Okay, everybody. Yeah. So if you're listening here at the end of the episode, you want to go check out Strange World and get ready for our review coming in the 2023 year, definitely check out Strange World. RB says it's worth a watch. Um, and we'll probably discuss it in the future. Go check out Pinocchio and also go check out our part two of our Netflix week here on top of the list at the end of 2022. We're reviewing Glass Onion. So go ahead, open up your podcast uh, service and click on that next episode and we'll see you there. So RB, you want to take us out? Yeah. So uh, as Dom mentioned, you know, open your podcast service. Be sure also to, uh, to give us a five-star review. Let us know what you thought of Pinocchio and any other films you'd like us to review. As Dom mentioned, we're going into the Glass Onion review. Then we'll follow that up next week with our top 10 films of 2022. But be sure as well to drop anything that you saw in 2022 for our listeners who've been listening all year that we may have missed that you'd like us to review as we get into 2023. But thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter as well. You can find our Twitter handles in the bio as well as the links to our, uh, help me out here, Dom. I'm blanking on the, on the name. Letterboxd. Thank yeah. you. Our letterbox accounts as well. And be sure to, to get on letterbox as well for any cinephile out there. Uh, rank some of your top films. It's a, it's a great site. Great way to keep track of movies you've watched. Some of your favorites that you may forget about that you want to go back and rewatch. Uh, it's a great site. But I've rambled on too long. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Top of the List. And we'll see you in a little bit. Later.